You know, Hebrews 13, 8 tells us that Jesus Christ, the Messiah, is always the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yes, even to the end of the ages, is, is the God that does not change. You, you know, as, as human beings, as people, we have limitations. But God is the one without any limitation. God is the one that is limitless. And part, part of it is, because of our limitations, it's difficult to comprehend, you know, the, the extent to which God can ask, can do, can perform. The same yesterday, today, forever. One, one of the ways I like thinking about, you know, God is this, that. Every possible permutation, every possible outcome, every possible alternative that we can choose to take, even though we don't know them, God already he knows is the omniscient God. So, you know, the Bible says he declares the hand from the big. He knows everything. There's nothing hidden from him. That is the God we serve. Praise the Lord. That is the God we have on our side. So those things that, that, that might seem to, you know, be confounding, those things that we might not get, God gets it. And even before they came our way, God already knew about it. That's the thing. He knew about it. He had sorted it out. That was why he could say that, you know, in this world, you'll have challenges. But be cheerful because I've already overcome. Because you already saw it before it came your way and he sorted it out. The exchange he did on the cross, he knew everything that would happen to you by the time you're 70, by the time you're 80, by the time you're 90, by the time you're ready to go with him, to him. He already knew, and he had sorted it out. Praise the Lord. Praise, praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you because indeed you're God. You were God. You are God. You will be God. You will continue to be God. Your word says that we should trust in you always because in you, the Lord God, Jehovah, is the everlasting strength. You're the rock of ages. You're eternal rock. We bless your living father. Even the things we don't know, you know all things. You hold our times in your hands. And for this, we give you all the praise, O oh God. Once again, we thank you, Lord, for this resurrection month. We thank you, Father, for your son, Jesus Christ, that went to the cross and died for us and rose again that we might have life that we might have a relationship with you. We thank you for the gift of life, oh God. Accept our thanks in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, as we go into your word, we ask that you speak to each and every one of us a word in season. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise, praise the Lord. All right, so... Last week, we, we talked about faith in action and how the fact that even as Christians, it's all down to faith. It's by faith. And why we need to practice and exercise the faith we have. By the grace of God, we're going to continue on that thing. And I want to talk about the, the woman and the whole, the, the widow 
and the jar of oil. Praise God. You know, Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith, the substance of the things you're hoping for, the evidence of the things that are yet to manifest, that you're yet to see, that, that speaks of an expectation. You're hoping for something. You're longing for something. There is an expectation. You're, you're seeing what is yet to manifest. There's an expectation that it will come to pass. We, we see that in, in this woman's story. Can we open our Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 4? 2 Kings chapter 4, and I read from verse 1 to 7. 2 Kings chapter 4, I'm reading from New King James Bible, 2 Kings 4, 1 to 7. It says, a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord and that the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, go, borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors. Empty vessels do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons, then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there's not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God. And he said, go, sell the oil and pay your debt. And you and your sons will live on the rest. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We, I'm, I'm sure we've, we've all heard this story many times. And... You know, when we talk about the miracles Elisha performed and we talk about, you know, the widow. One, one thing that, that strikes me with this story, I think it, it's a story of faith. Well, you know, you look at that widow. The husband was a prophet, a son of a prophet. The husband was dead. They were in debt. And I, I think that, that probably says something about the times they were in. Thank God for preachers. Thank God for men of God. You know, probably living hand to mouth. They were struggling. The husband was gone. They were owing creditors. There was no support. There was no support for them. What could she do? She went and she cried to the prophet. We're in trouble because, you know, the creditors, they're going to take away my son. My sons, my two sons. They're going to take them away. Probably enslave them for some seven years, depending on when the year of Jubilee would be. 
Well, that, that, that was the case. Now, she went to meet the man of God. What did the man of God do? He asked two questions. He asked two questions. The first one says, what shall I do for you? We said, we said faith has to do with the expectations, a longing, because there, there's a desire. What is that desire? This woman cried, you know, man of God, the creditors are coming. They're going to take away my son. Or they're going to take away my sons. Help, help. And the prophet still asked, what do you want me to do for you? What should I do for you? We, we all exercise faith. We all, we believe, thank God. And we cry to God. And God says to us, what do you want me to do? Do we respond? Do we, do we respond to God when he's asking us, what shall I do for you? What should I do for you? What do you want of me? Remember that the story of the man by the pool of Bethesda in John chapter 5. This guy had been there for 38 years, all of 38 years with an infirmity. And he was there. And Jesus came by. And Jesus, you know, asked, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be made whole? That man went into a diatribe. Well, you see, when I was young, when I was this, actually, there's nobody to help me. There's nobody to put me. And, you know, I have no friends. And you're thinking, do you want to be made whole? So the Lord asks you a question. What do you want from me? The Lord says, do you want this? What is your response? Oh, God is, God is all-knowing. God is all-seeing. He knows me. He knows my circumstance. He's saying, ask me. Speak with me. Commune with me. Talk to me. Talk to me about your circumstance. Talk to me about your situation. What do you want me to do? What do you want from me? Don't assume. Yes, he is the God-knowing God, but don't assume. Plead your cause. Take your case to God. There, there's a story of another widow that did something like that. If you remember the, the widow that the son died, she went to the king and she was like, king, you know what? I've been away for so many years. My land, everything has been taken. We're told that Elisha's servant was speaking to the king at that point in time. With God, there's no coincidence. It wasn't, it wasn't a coincidence that, you know, the king was asking about the stories of Elisha. And the servant was telling, oh, you know, there was a woman that had a child. That's a different story of faith. To be saying it is well, it is well. The child is dead. And you're saying it is well. And the husband asked, is all well? All is well. And she kept going, all is well, until she got to the man of God. You know, the, the, the servant was sharing the story with the king. And behold, the woman comes in to make her case. If she did not go to make her case, nothing would have happened. So God is saying, what should I, you know, what do you want? Do you want to be made of? The servant of God, the prophet was asking, what do you want? Yes, you're crying. It's not working. 
things are bad. Oh, you know, the, the bills are increasing. The job is not forthcoming. What do you want? What are you trusting God for? We can mourn from now till kingdom come, but we should take it to God and say, God, this is the situation. Pray in accordance to God's perfect will. Pray for God's perfect will for you. Jesus Christ, what did he do? When the passion week now, he said, you know what, Lord, if it is possible, let this cup pass. At least he made his case. But he said, you know what? Not my will, but your will be done. But we can plead our cause before God. That is, you know, Elijah said, you know, what shall I do for you? And similarly, God is asking, what shall I do for you? What do you want of me? What do you want? Oh, you know, the it's, I'm struggling to pay the bills. What do you want? Is it that you want a new job? Is it that you want promotion? Is it that you want open doors? What kind of open doors? Ask God. Take it to God. I'm struggling to pray. What do you want God to do about it? What are you doing about it? I struggle to share the word. How do you want God to help you? You have to help yourself. But how do you want God to help you? It's not enough to be listening. You know, I, I, one of the things I find frustrating is when people come and they list all the problems in the world. Oh, it's not working right. The, the, the boss is, you know, doesn't get it. This our CEO just doesn't get it. It's always, and they'll tell you A to Z, they'll list everything. Ask them, what do you think can be done? Silence. Uh, if, if we're going to identify problems, let us also be people that can suggest, we can prefer solutions. Don't let us just be critical. If we're going to be critical, let's do it constructively. Don't let us just pile all the problems on one person. Oh, pastor, this is not happening. Pastor, this is, this, you know, why is it that this is not working this way? Why is it that your choristers are not, why is it as if they're the pastor's chorister? Is this the pastor that said it? We're all serving God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. As, as we're all seated here, who are the church? We are the church. Pastor, people don't call anybody in the church. How many people are you calling? How many people have you even called? Do you even know anybody apart from your circle of friends? There are cliques in the church. When I say there are cliques, there are people that they have select friends. And those are the only people they talk to. That is the definition of a clique. But we're, we're one family. So do you know beyond your immediate circle of friends, who else do you know? Who else do you talk to? Who else do you call? Who else do you engage with? Let, let us be problem solvers. All right? The, the woman was asked two questions. The first one was, you know, what shall I do for you? The second one was, 
What have you in their house? What have you in their house? Every time I speak to students, I always tell them this, that zero times five, zero times 100, zero times 1 million. If there is nothing, nothing will be added on it. You, you come to me and you say, oh, you know what? I don't get this thing. The first question I'll ask you is, what do you get? If you have not considered it, then there's no point of us having any conversation. However little it is, if you come to me and you say, well, you know what? This is how I see it, or this is my understanding of it. It may be wrong, it may be right, but at least you're coming with something. Oh Lord, I want to be a great evangelist. When last did you open your mouth to speak to someone? You're sitting in your room and you're praying, God make me, you know, an evangelist like Billy Graham. But you're not going out of your room and you're not using social media. Because we've talked about social media this morning. You could be in your room and be reaching millions. But you're not doing that. You're not going out of your room and you want to become like Billy Graham. At least open your mouth and speak to the next person. You know, the person next to you first. You have to start from somewhere. He asked this woman, what do you have? You know, what do you have in the house? Okay, there's a problem. We understand there's a problem. We want to figure out a solution. Is there anything? Is there anything? <clears throat> you know, God will use what you have in your hand. We see, we see something very similar with Moses, you know, by the burning bush. The Lord said, what's in your hand? Oh, it's just, it's just a staff, a shepherd's staff. Threw it on the floor. The guy threw it on the floor. The shepherd's staff became a snake. The ordinary, the mundane became extraordinary. And that was God. So what, what you think you've got that doesn't matter, what you think you're holding, what do you think you have at your disposal that you don't count? You know, let, let's look at the woman's response. So he asked her, you know, what do you have in your hand? Um, verse two. So Elisha said, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. So, you, you know, when, when you prefix something with but, it's, you know, it doesn't really matter. It's, it's inconsequential. It's, it's nothing. I, and she actually said, I have nothing except I have nothing but a jar of oil. So in, in the scheme of things, all I have is a pound. A pound doesn't solve my problem. But that is all I have. So I don't count it as anything. I don't count the staff as anything. All I have is a notebook and I'm a writer. All I have is just a pen. I haven't written anything. But I have my pen and my paper. I'm a businessman. All I have is my company name. There's not a dime to my account. I have nothing except you know, if you qualify, you say, but 
How many of us remember those prayers we pray that we'll say, Jabez will say, the but you know the, the but you, you say everything and the but kind of just means everything else doesn't really count and the woman said you know what I have nothing except but this, this little thing and in, in her own mind that little thing didn't really amount to much in her own mind that little thing would not solve the problem of creditors that are coming to take her children away. What is that little thing? What is that thing you have? What is that thing in your hand? You have your expectation. You know, God said that his thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are not our ways. He says, as the heavens are above the earth, so are his thoughts above us and his ways, you know, what you think doesn't matter in God's hand, it will become the extraordinary for you in the mighty name of Jesus. This woman said that all I've got is just this cruise of, you know, just a small jar of oil. And the man of God said, okay, that's fine. At least we know you have something. Let's start with that something. You know, though your beginning be small, your latter end will be great. Praise the Lord. So even though you think it's just little right now, God is able to turn that little to something awesome, something that will blow your mind beyond your expectation. He told the woman, okay, you've got a little job. Ask your sons to borrow from your neighbors, get pots, get vessels. Say, don't, don't get a little. Get as many as you can. You know, that, that takes faith. Everybody knows that you're a debtor. You've borrowed and borrowed and borrowed and you've not been able to pay back. And you're hoeing. And then you now step out and say, borrow me. Borrow me. If, you know, how do you even sum up the courage to go and meet people? I think I should stop sharing this story. I, I say it a lot, but... You, maybe it's because, maybe it's it's how it affected me back in the day. I had a friend in the university that you know this guy borrowed me fifty naira. A month later, borrowed me fifty naira. The first one, it's borrow, not give, and the money never comes back, and he keeps borrowing and borrowing. I, how do you sum up you know someone of that courage able to go again and say you know what? And, and you know what? This, this guy was a wonderful brother. When he gives his testimonies <laughs> at fellowship, you know, the Lord, the Lord has been awesome. And, you know, Jehovah Jireh, you know, how, you know, my needs has been supplying my needs. I had chicken and this. And the person that brought you 15 hours eating. How many people know AKB? I uh, see. We know ourselves, akaraboga, you know, um, beans cake. You that you're, that you're bringing someone money, all you're eating is bread and 
you know, actually even just bread, and you're using soda to push it down. And the person borrowing money is eating chicken and frying egg and giving testimonies, and it's still coming back. Some people have boldness. <laughs> but how do, you, how do you summon up the courage? You're owing so much. And the man of God says, go get more. Go borrow more. Ask people to give you vessels. And he, did, he said, not even a few. Gather as many as you can. Go to your neighbors. Talk to them. Give me this thing. Let's be real. How many of us would do that? Man, it will take a lot. What will they say about me? How will they react to me? What will they think of me? And I, I dare say some people have abused the children. Go back to your mother and tell her that. So I'm sure even as she was sending out the kids, she would have been thinking about things like that. But in spite of that, they went out, they borrowed, they gathered as many as they can. And the miracle began to happen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> they were pouring and pouring and pouring, and the oil did not cease. If, if the woman had hesitated or if she had thought, you know what? It says, go and borrow. Let's, let's respect ourselves. Let's just ask for two or three. We can be the limitation to our own miracles. Because if God has put some plan in place for you and he asks you to do something, are you the hindrance to God performing what he wants to perform? <clears throat> it was the same Elisha, I think it's in 2 Kings 13, that you know, he told the king, strike the ground. And the king struck three times. I was like, why, why, why did you strike three times? Keep going. That means, you know, okay, yes, you, you, you win the battle. But it wouldn't be a permanent victory. If only you had persisted. We need to persist. We need to keep keeping on. At least, thank God, this woman was, you know, borrow as many. Don't just borrow a few. Get as many. How big is your imagination? How big is your desire? Because if the woman had thought, you know what? Okay, I'll just take three. I'll just take five. If I can get 20. She, she was telling the children, yeah, bring more, bring more. But by the time they said, you know what? It's finished. There are no more vessels. That was when the oil ceased. That was when the miracle ceased. And it's, it's, not, it's, not just a, it's not a fable. It's not just a Bible story. It is real and it is still happening. Say, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The God of yesterday is the same God of today. The God of the past is the God of the present, is the God of the future. If he's done it for others, he will do your own too. So just take him at his word. Trust him at his word. They were told, go sell the oil. <laughs> Pay off your debt. Whatever is left, continue to live on it. 
So you, again, try and picture that. How much of a blessing would they have received to say that what is left, live on the rest. You know, some people, they, they do, is it contract jobs? Some, someone would do one contract and the single contract they would do will sustain them for the rest of their lives. You, you might be hustling right now for, to make hands meet. When God opens, you know, the door, it will be with ease. It would be, you, you would think something, oh, it, it was just that simple thing. And that simple thing, you know, will sustain you. What are your expectations? Are you taking it to God? Are you asking God about it? Shall we rise to pray? I, I don't know what word has ministered to you this morning. What questions is God asking you? How are you positioning yourself to receive from God? I'd like you to pray for yourself this afternoon that you wouldn't be a limiting factor to God's move in your life. Because God says that his thoughts towards you, they're thoughts of good and not of evil, to give you a future, to give you a hope, to give you an expected and his own expectations. So he has plans, awesome plans for you, irrespective of your current situation. But he said, what do you want of me? What do you want me to do for you? What would you like me to do? Do you want me to resolve this situation? Do you want me to address this case? Tell me what it is you want. I have already put something in your hand. I've already vested something in you that is a solution to that thing. When you dialogue with God, God will make all things clear. It, it took obedience for that woman to experience a miracle. The man of God, the prophet could have spoken if she did not listen, if she did not heed, if she did not act, she would not have received the miracle. Are there areas that you need to act? Are there things God has already said to you what is holding you back? What is stopping you from acting? You need to act for your miracles to manifest. Trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy Jesus. But to trust and obey, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be 
Jesus wants to trust and obey. Lord, we will trust you. We will obey every word you've spoken to us. Because that is the basis, that is the reason why we will be able to rejoice in you. And Lord, even as we trust you for your word, as we take you at your word, as we walk in obedience to your dictates, Lord, we know that you grant us the desires of our hearts in accordance to your will. We give you all the praise, Father. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord.